0: Welcome to the Creative Financing Podcast and create some terms
1: hello and welcome to the Creative Financing Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Gallegos, and this episode will be part two with our interview with Dave Kenny's. This guy is such a whiz. He's such a wealth of knowledge. He's a mentor um, to Jeff. He's he's been a broker since 1980. Um, He's a realtor. He's an educator. He's a consultant, um, and he teaches his own uh, classes on creative financing. Uh, This is uh, Jeff's go-to guy when he has a question uh, about structuring terms or uh, learning various creative financing strategies. So uh, without further ado, uh, we're going to jump right back into our conversation where we left off. And I hope you guys enjoy this. Uh, I certainly have. This is this is an interview I have to go back and listen to because again I'm a student of creative financing and um, this guy just blows me away with how much he knows. So enjoy guys. Thanks so much.
2: I can have a house that maybe needs some that has some problems. A seller financing buyer is going to be much more forgiving than somebody who can totally qualify for a, a, you know, traditional mortgage. They're going to be more, you know, uh, Selective as to what they want to buy. So
3: you're saying like a three hundred thousand dollar home that's dated, that you know, hasn't been updated since the '80s. If
2: it's in good condition, that's totally good.
3: So totally good. But to get three hundred thousand normally, they'd have to update it, which you know, right. could be that's a funny. considerable amount yeah, of that money. that's right. You could sell it on owner finance for in three, that same for vicinity. Three thirty. Well, think even more yeah, than yes, absolutely. Okay. So sell it for even more. That's the power. Dated. That's the power of seller financing. No yeah. question about it. Yep. So what? When you're structuring this, it's someone you go in, you talk to them and you're like, "Hey, yeah, you know, your house is worth three hundred. You have a choice. You can sell it's dated, so you're going to sell it for two fifty. Yeah, to get cash right. out. It
2: again it depends on the house. Now, if it's dated, but it's an extremely good condition, it was taken care of. The fact that it's dated isn't as big a problem as you'd think. Okay. I have a lot of buyers that the inventory is so low, there's not a lot to choose from. Sure. They will accept a dated house as long
3: as it's a good condition. Okay. But let, let's, uh, maybe that was a little too low, but let's okay. say $275, right? right? I mean, okay. I'll go with your uh, your, your hypothetical situation. Uh, 275 <laughs> if you wanted to get cashed out. Right. Okay. But Or we can get you 3 and a quarter if you're willing to stay in this for a right. while. So what, 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 are you pitching them in as far as a term and interest rate? Okay, so from the seller's point of view, it kind of depends on what
2: their underlying mortgage is. Okay. Many people have really low rates. There was a period of time where we were doing refinances and new purchases at phenomenally low rates. So they're sitting on a three and a half percent loan. I can sell their house to a seller financing buyer and get them six and a half to seven percent. So now they're making three percent on the bank's money.
3: Okay.
2: That's a phenomenal rate of return. Okay. How do banks make money? They borrow at a low rate and, and uh, loan it out at a higher rate. Yep. The seller is being a bank. Okay. So that's the big carrot. The Division of Real Estate asked me that exact question. Why would any seller consider seller financing? When the market is so hot, I said it's very easy. They make a lot of money. Yeah,
3: <laughs> They make, make a money. lot of
2: money. Yep. And after you, send, you finish talking to a seller, they go, why don't more people do this?
3: Yeah. They really do. Oh, yeah. I, you know, in our business, that's what the majority of deals that we do is with some kind of owner financing. Right. So, I agree. Um, and the market doesn't really matter. I don't care if it's scorching hot or it's, now, 18% interest rate, or, um, no, it's Now, you
2: can take that that thought that you just said. People have said, well, what if interest rates go way up, mm-hmm. and then the market starts to cool down? Well, if I'm a seller, I've got two assets now. Yeah. I have the house that I'm selling, and, my and I rate. have a low
3: interest rate <laughs> yeah, that I can right. market. Yep.
2: And so I can get substantially more money for the house. Uh, absolutely. And so it doesn't matter what the market is
3: doing. Nope, This is gold. Seller financing is gold. It works. It works. All the time. Yes. Um, all right. So smart. now let's talk about, and this is really, I spent way too much time on the realtor side because I'm not a realtor, uh, I'm an investor, so I really want to hear more about how you go into a house and you're going to talk to them as an investor, Okay, so you're wanting to buy their house. Right. Have a
2: buyer, I mean a seller, their house has been on the market for six months. Yep. It's not going anywhere.
3: Because it probably needs, it work, needs some work and it's yes. overpriced.
2: So I bought a house a year and a half ago, two years ago, and the seller said we can't sell. They had to have their own house on the market for 360 days.
3: Okay.
2: It wasn't a bad house. It was a nice home. I went into it. the The seller had put a hot tub in the middle of the master bedroom. Nice. <laughs> it had one half bath for the rest of the upstairs. So there was four bedrooms upstairs, in the master. The other four bedrooms had a half bath. Not even a tub or a shower. <laughs> okay. And then there was a, a, a master bathroom plus this jetted tub in the middle of the master ba- bedroom. And they're going, we can't sell this. And they go, duh, nobody's (laughs) going to want to buy that. So I bought it from them. And I bought it on a contract for deed. They had an interest rate on their mortgage at
3: 4.5%.
2: I told them I would give them 5.5% on my contract for deed. Now, what does that do for me as the investor? Well, it gets them to buy in to the whole concept of seller financing. Because they're not only being able to sell their house, but they're also going to get income into the future. Okay. So they're making money on the fact that they're allowing me to use their mortgage. Okay, okay. I bought out their entire equity. And I paid for a substantially lower price than what I needed to. So I bought it for $265,000. I gave them $80,000, which was all of their equity,
3: okay.
2: and I gave them a, a 1% interest rate higher than what their interest rate was. So
3: what does that translate into cash flow? Oh, a
2: couple hundred bucks. Yeah, not much, not right? Much. Okay. I went in, I put $45,000 in the house, turned around, sold it for $385,000. Okay. On seller financing. My buyer had $40,000 they could put down. My and I sold that on a contract for deed. So now so, I have a seller who has a contract for deed with me and I have a new buyer that has a contract for D. I'm, you know, seller's contract with yep. me, and now that buyer has a contract for D so on a, my sell.
3: So you have a note to the seller for one value, which right. is 1% more than their That's interest right. rate, and now you have a whole new note with your new buyer for exactly. a much higher price. That's right. So my interest yep. rate with the seller is 5.5. Uh,
2: my interest rate with my new buyer Seller financing is seven percent. Okay. So I'm making money on the seller's money. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Okay. Yep.
2: And I made a substantial amount of money on the flip. Okay. So that's how it works. So you so
1: you, bought it you for actually much? put out.
2: I bought it for two sixty five. Okay. So and sold. put about forty five thousand into it. Two sixty five and sold it for
3: 385. At three eighty five. But you have a hundred and twenty five thousand. Not necessarily your own money. Okay, now there's some more. Yeah, I, 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 <laughs> and and we're going to talk about retirement stuff. Yes, so I don't right. want to. Right, if right. That's, yeah, that's where on. it came yeah. from, we'll we'll hold off. But you had 125, and you collected how much from your new buyer? Like 45? Uh, forty thousand down. Forty. So you've still got whether it's your money, your retirement money, or someone there's else's money. There's some equity money, in there. There's 80 grand of someone's right. money there's still in there. Okay. Right. Um, is this something that we can talk about oh, now? Oh,
2: absolutely.
3: Okay. So there's, a,
2: it's a cash flow now. Yes. So I've got cash flow coming in. Are there people out there that would like to get a better interest rate than what the banks are providing with them?
3: I think everyone.
2: Everybody wants to do that. And yes. there's a lot of very conservative people that say, you know, I don't want to invest in the stock market. That's too high or too risky, too much grief on my part. Yep. But I don't want to necessarily just put my money in the bank. So he said, well, for people like that who would like to invest in real estate, but they don't want to be a landlord, there's passive real estate investment opportunity. So I sell cash flow to investors who want passive income. And so I may take that equity and sell a portion of it. Now I always leave at least a big chunk of my equity in because I always want to have skin in the game. So
3: you may leave twenty percent. That's right. I always leave twenty percent.
2: Exactly, but that rest of that cash flow that pulls out my cash so that I can go do other things. Yes. So if your
3: return on investment—that's right—becomes infinite when you have no money, sure does. Sure does.
2: Okay. So, but again, you know, if I'm earning nine hundred dollars a month on that on that investment. I may sell six hundred dollars of that to an investor. I'm selling this cash flow, and my classes that I teach get into the details of how to do that. Awesome. I don't want to get into details
3: of this yeah, and, and yeah, really. But the difficult. idea is you can sell cash flow. So do you do you find this investor prior to oh, yeah. putting up the money? And they're not hard. So to it's money. not your money that you've even put up. Um, it's your investor's money. so sometimes, the invest- it is, sometimes it is.
2: Sometimes Most but, of the time it's my money when it starts. Okay,
3: and then you find right, that investor right. to come in. So
2: here's another very good point, though. Okay. When it comes to investing in real estate, cash is king. Yep. So there's a lot of programs out there that are telling people, hey, get into real estate, no money down. I don't believe in those. The no money down idea is very, very dangerous. Uh, that leveraging idea can be a very sharp two-edged sword. However, it, 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 it
3: really is no money down for you.
2: Well, that's a different story. <laughs>
3: you still, right? No, I yeah. mean, it, it might mean that there's money down to the seller, right? But it does not it necessarily do you do your money. Okay. <laughs> All right. You got me on that. All right. Go ahead. <laughs> All right. So, um, so I, I, I love this idea in that uh, you went in, you you bought a house that had been sitting on the market. Um, You offered to pay them all their money up front, all their equity, so they're cashed out. They're out. out. That's not a hard sell at this point. You either have that money or you raise that money. In this case, I had the money. So this would become a second trustee to note secured on the property? That's a whole different avenue. You're selling a cash flow on a... Contract for deed. There's some tricky parts to that. Okay. Okay. So something. So I don't want to get into that. So you're going to have to contact yeah. you to well to come in class and okay. teach you how to do it. Right. <laughs> okay. So, um, but w- whatever it is that you work there's out, an instrument available. Okay, that's right. That they came in. They're now getting a portion of the cash flow. Right. So they're making what kind of return on their investment? Eight percent. Eight percent. Secured. Secured. Okay. And then you get whatever is left over, which is three ish hundred right. dollars a month cash flow. But look
2: at where I wait for nothing. From. Right. It, That's nothing. Right, you got nothing invested. But I made a substantial on the flip. Right, and so yeah, you're right. Now at that point, I have no none of my own money in it. But initially, it was my money that bought the house. Yes, it was my money that did the fix up. Then once the contract for deed was in and all the the pieces were together and done now i get a second and a third investor involved so did you get to keep all of
3: that down payment that came in Yes. was, was that yours yes that okay was right. so you, you made out i made out really well yeah you yet. did oh, all right yeah, I and did then fine. you keep getting paid for yes how long how long do you that think that contract goes for 10 years okay and here's the here's the really important
2: part of that most seller financing contracts you you've got the seller that says you know I, i'm okay with seller financing, but give me out in 3 to 5 right. years yep with my contracts the sellers are going,
3: I'm okay with 10, offer? 15 years. I want to go longer
2: because <laughs> I'm making some good money on this. Yep. And it's amazing how an extra couple hundred bucks a month to a family, that's real money to them. Yep. And so maybe for a high roller investor, it's nothing. But for the family who was sitting on that house for, for uh, almost a year, it was real money.
3: Yeah. Real Absolutely. money. Absolutely. Does this make sense to you, Jonathan? Yeah.
1: I'm, I'm trying to follow along. <laughs> this is this is pretty advanced though. It, so yeah. and this the, the premise of this podcast is really um, me uh, learning from Jeff creative financing strategies. Right. So to bring you on and kind of what you're saying, I'm I'm just trying to piece it together. And Dave to is mind. an
3: advanced yeah. creative financing But it don't have to go no, the advanced. I, route, I totally I mean. agree. And that's my next question to you is all right, so this deal was all based on um, having either the know how of where to get money from or having that money yourself. Right. Can you give me an idea of another example, maybe, where it was little to no money from you? Um, okay. So, you know, and how you would go about doing it. So. Well,
2: I've never bought anything where it was no money for me. Okay. 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 So I've Small always amount had, of money. Yeah. Small amount of money. Yeah. But it, most of the time, the money is generated by the project itself. Real okay. estate generates uh, net worth, okay. okay? And so it's understanding how to develop the net worth out of the real estate property that you're going to involve yourself in. Okay. So a property may have hardly any net worth in it because it's, it's garbage house. And you, you can see the potential in development. Now, here's this last example we talked about. That's a, a flip type scenario. How many people are out there doing flips where they go out and get hard money? Right. And I said, don't ever get hard money. I have never used hard money yep. for a flip, I always use seller financing money for a flip. That's huge. Yep. I don't have to pay 12%. I'm paying five and a half percent yep right are you kidding me
3: no points either up front. no
2: points yep right exactly
3: and it's a better deal
2: for the seller it's better deal for the seller yeah yep. and that's the key right there there's too many investors that want to get the seller's money or the mortgage and, and and cut them out of the deal they're done you're far better off to keep the seller in the transaction
3: yeah
2: far better off
3: yep yeah interesting Um all right so a couple of things that i i certainly want to make sure that we get to and one of them is we talked to jacks about this briefly too is that there are these loans that are three and a half percent three point seven five percent you talked about it that they're they're an asset right talk about how you can actually sell this asset and allow someone to potentially assume these loans. Well,
2: okay, so I've got a seller who's got an FHA loan on their home. Okay. Three and a half percent. I get a seller financing buyer who can't qualify for a mortgage right now. They buy the house. Now they can qualify. Instead of going out and getting a brand new mortgage, they assume the one that's already on their house. So they can take over the seller's mortgage because now they can qualify. And they can take over that mortgage right where it's at at the current at the interest rate that's on the mortgage. So if it's a three and a half percent, that's the interest rate now they have. They can assume an FHA loan.
3: But they're still going to need to qualify.
2: But but that's fine. Yeah. Now they
3: can qualify because they've got a track record. Well, you take
2: whatever's causing them not to be able to get traditional financing, and you resolve it. Yeah. There is, there's very few people out there that will never be able to qualify for a mortgage. Most people have some sort of a timeline. It's either a credit issue, foreclosure, bankruptcy, something. Yeah. And there's always a timeline associated with that. And if they get with somebody who can coach them, then they can get those issues resolved and now they can qualify. And the beauty of a seller financing contract where there's an assumable FHA loan is they don't have to go get a new loan. Right. And it only costs 500 bucks to assume the mortgage they they've got on the house, rather than paying 3% to a lender to do a brand new loan.
3: Is this just FHA? Just FHA. Yeah. So no. Now it,
2: it does apply to VA. VA. But you have to be a qualified vet okay. if the seller wants to regain their eligibility okay. by letting a qualified vet assume the loan.
3: Okay. Otherwise, anyone could assume it. But, yes, anybody could assume that eligibility. Would, yeah, which is not a good thing. No. Not. Okay. All right, so that's an interesting idea right there. So How would you use that? Uh,
2: well, number one, if I'm talking with a, a seller and they have an FHA loan on their house, now I'm telling them they've got a very valuable financial asset. Because as interest rates go up, if I'm sitting on a 3.5% loan, And I'm going, yeah, I'm selling on seller financing, and my buyer eventually can assume that. Well, that's huge. Yeah. Absolutely. That's huge. How many thousands of dollars will that save the buyer over the life of the loan? Do you think they'd be willing to pay something for that? It's also
3: into the loan, so more money every month is going toward the principal paydown. That's right. Now,
2: a seller like that, if they bought their house on an FHA loan, they only put 3.5% down. Right. And so the, the likelihood of that mortgage being fairly high compared to the value of the house is pretty high. Yep. And so a, a buyer that came in with 40000 down, very likely bought all the way down right to the balance of the mortgage. And now you structure it so that they just go parallel with each other. Yeah. So when the contract for deed is ready to be refinanced, the, the loan that's on the house right now is at the same value. And so literally... The buyer then just has to go in and apply to the current mortgage company to assume that debt at the, that interest rate that's already there. It's beautiful. So
3: you're upping the price in this Absolutely. particular case. Absolutely. And then getting them to either come with a bigger, probably both, bigger down payment. They always payment have to have a bigger down payment. And right. something that's going to allow them to pay down that right. loan and to And I did it. that,
2: very. I've done it a couple of times, but I did that about three years ago with the buyer. He, he bought down to the mortgage balance. So the, buyer, the seller got all their money out of it. And then his mortgage on the contract for deed mirrored the underlying mortgage. Five years later, he's been moving, paying on this, he just assumed the FHA loan. Yeah. And it worked absolutely fabulous. That's
3: thing. a great technique. All
2: right.
3: All right. So Dave, I, I would I be absolutely crazy and, uh, you know, we, we can't go too in depth about this, but I would be, I, I've heard you speak on this. A number of times but tell us how you can use and build your IRA retirement funds tax-free using this is one of my finance. favorite topics. <laughs> so I'm an old guy you know I'm 64 years old
2: when I started in real estate I had six hundred dollars to my name and over the years through very conservative investing and aggressive saving I built up a very handsome real estate portfolio. But part of that was to have an aggressive retirement program. I put a lot of money into retirement when I was very young. That's the key. Don't wait until you're 50 years old to start saying, oh, I better start thinking about retirement. Start very early because it makes a huge difference. Now the biggest uh, vehicle that I promote is the Roth IRA idea. The reason for that is, yeah, you have to pay the tax on the money that's being put into the Roth IRA at the time you're putting it in. But frankly, when I did that, I had a mortgage, I had five kids. I was at my lowest tax bracket ever when I was putting in that money into my Roth IRA. Right. Okay? Too often people think that the best way to avoid or to invest is to always avoid taxes that is a horrible idea. Avoiding taxes strictly for the purpose of avoiding taxes is a terrible strategy in building your net worth. So I aggressively put money into my Roth. So at this point in my life, I have a significant Roth IRA. The benefit of that is after 59 and a half, anything that that Roth earns is 100% tax-free. And I can spend it Right now, so I can invest in a property, flip it, and there's no waiting for one year for long term capital gain, short term capital gain, all that nonsense. I can flip it after two months, and 100% of the gain is 100% tax free, and I can go spend it. Okay, so this idea of planning with a Roth IRA is absolutely brilliant, it's critical. Okay? And there's a whole bunch of strategies that we talk about in my courses on how to supercharge your Roth IRA. But that's the number one thing to think about is the fact that once I have a substantial amount of money in my Roth, now I can invest and get that money out during my retirement years 100% tax-free. So it becomes the golden goose that lays those eggs. Okay? So now, how about strategies? These are exciting. We don't have a whole lot of time here, so I'm just going to give you the highlights. Okay. I can take money from my Roth IRA, say I've got $25,000. That's not a lot. I can't go buy a house with $25,000 and pay for it cash. Not here. Well, I wouldn't <laughs> want to do it where you can.
3: <laughs>
2: but $25,000 makes for a really good down payment. Yep. And maybe, and maybe I have a little bit more. Maybe I have $50,000 in my Roth. So I, nonetheless, I have some money in my Roth. I cannot go out and get a mortgage because a Roth is a non-recourse type instrument. So mortgage companies won't loan you money on your Roth IRA. But I could take that money and use it as a down payment on a seller financing house. So now I've got the seller acting as a bank and they give me a loan. And now I keep that house for four or five years. And then I turn around and sell it. Well, now I take the profit. And this is where it gets a little tricky. Since I only use $25,000 of Roth money, the IRS takes a ratio and they say whatever percent, let's just make it very easy. Say I bought a house for $100,000 and I use $25,000 Roth money. So 25% of that investment is Roth investment. The other 75% is borrowed money. And if I made um, $10,000 on the on the investment this is just for simple simplification then 25% of that $10,000 is ta- 100% tax free so $2,500 would be tax free okay
3: so can I can I yeah, ask a you, question so, yeah. all right so so what you're saying is that so your roth is not allowed to guarantee debt that's right so in this case, your Roth is only coming with the down payment. It's actually like you're partnering with your Roth, right? So the, the Roth is actually putting down your down payment and you're not guaranteeing debt or you are guaranteeing the, the debt? The
2: Roth can incur debt. It just can't be recourse right. against the Roth. So are you so asking the seller for yes. no recourse debt? No recourse debt. Okay. okay. So if for some reason you don't pay, the only recourse they have is against the property. Okay. Okay. So Which they can't cover. For the out. most part, that's what the seller's gonna do. Yeah, take. it really is. Okay. Okay. But nonetheless, so if I made uh, ten thousand dollars, twenty five hundred dollars of that is tax free. The other seventy five hundred dollars is taxable. It's not taxable at my income tax rate. It's taxable based on the unrelated business income tax rate. So it's different than personal taxes. It's kind of treated like a charity. So they have a totally different rate schedule. And we won't get into the different rates, okay? Because that's too complicated. Especially for this type of course. So I pay my taxes on the other $7,500. What, after paying taxes, the remainder of that goes into my Roth. So now the $2,500 and the after-tax money goes into my Roth. Which is terrific, yeah. Because now I put a lot more money into my Roth, okay. However, I can do exactly the same transaction and have a hundred percent of the money tax-free. And this is what I get into in my courses by using a lease option instead. Okay. Okay, and quickly. So instead of putting twenty-five thousand dollars on a contract for deed, I go to the seller and I say, "I'm going to use a different instrument. I'm going to use a twenty-five thousand dollar down payment." and I'm gonna buy an option to purchase your house at a particular price. And then in five years, when my option is about to expire, I sell the option to somebody else and I make $10,000 on the option. Now since 100% of the money from my Roth was used to purchase the option, 100% of the profit is tax-free. So all $10,000 is tax-free. And so these are kind of the strategies we talk about in some of my classes.
3: When, when you're buying that option, how much are you giving the seller? So you're you giving 25000 Are you doing it as a lease option? Yes, I can do a lease option. So that
2: I, in my lease, it gives me the right to sublease. Okay. So I can own the property in terms of a lease option, and I can take whatever rent that I'm getting from my renter, and I pay his rent, and I get to keep the difference.
3: And the difference is going into your IRA. It's going into
2: my Roth IRA. Yes.
3: Okay, right. I got it. Um, all right. So, and I, I've seen these courses, by the way, and I've I've have been there when you've done these powerpoints. Um, it's something you have to see. That it doesn't do it justice to just talk no, not about. Just talk yeah, about you, you got to see numbers and how the they bigger all work.
2: picture though is. There's ways to you use your Roth IRA money to invest in real estate. That will supercharge it. Yep. What people do right now is they have a Roth IRA, and they put it in with a company like Fidelity. They invested in the stock market. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Some stock, some years, stock market goes up really nicely. Yep. Other times it crashes. Or even worse, they have their IRA with a bank, and they're earning a half of a percent yep. on their money, which is nothing. Yep. And you're, you're not going to be able to retire comfortably with those kind of returns.
3: Yep. How do you if someone if you were talking to someone brand new or brand new to Roth IRAs and what, what's the contribution for a Roth right now? If,
2: if you're 50 years and old, younger, it's six thousand dollars. Six thousand a year uh, per year. See, you're, you're not going to build up a lot yeah. of wealth at that rate. Right? No. If you're over 50 years old, then what did I say before? Did I say 60? Six thousand. Yeah, yeah, fifty. Fifty years. Yeah, fifty yeah. years older. Uh, if you're over 50, then you can contribute $6,500. Okay, so around yeah. But again, 600. you're not going to get wealthy no. doing that. However, now look at it this way. Most employers offer a 401k Roth. And so you can invest your entire salary, if you want to, in your 401k Roth. There's no limit. So right now, my wife, she has a job with a regular employer. We invest 100% of her income into her Roth 401k her HR department that blew their mind yeah. said nobody does this I, I, what do you live on no. well we're aggressive at investing for retirement yeah and so a hundred percent of her income goes into our retirement fund
3: wow.
2: and that's possible with a 401k
3: that's interesting so if, if you were if you're talking to an and I shouldn't say new investor, but new to investing in their IRA, but they didn't have much. Yeah, you know, right. they, they could make the contribution of six thousand dollars. What would be the advice to well, build it?
2: Well, first of all, invest the maximum you can.
3: Okay. So then, 6, the other 000. thing you
2: can do is you can pool it. So instead of you being the one that buys the lease option, you have three people who also have Roth IRAs that buy the lease option, and you have the percentage ownership in that, that you contributed. And so that's the other thing we do, is we help people pull their Roth IRA money into real estate investments.
3: Could you wholesale in your Roth IRA? Yeah, you can. So now, <laughs> no, that's a, that's a good one for you. <laughs> yeah, so now it'd be more of like putting up earnest money deposit, That's right? true. I don't do that, by the so, way. I have, I've not done that. But that's something so, that, that that's you something could you do. That's something you could do, yes. Interesting. Okay, so if, if you're not already doing it, you all need to... So what are the qualifications well, to go get? Well, the most important
2: thing is you have to have a self-directed Roth IRA. Okay. Okay? Yep. So it's all, it's impossible to do this if you have a, an IRA with Fidelity or, or some other investment type brokerage. But very easy
3: to get a self-directed It's very, IRA. very
2: easy to get a self-directed IRA.
3: What are the qualifications? I mean... Anybody uh, can get one.
2: Well, I, I take that back some people earn too much money right. to have an ira right now the maximum you can earn is $195,000. so good to start AGI. before you're you're making <laughs> that right uh, yeah
3: so right. open the ira prior to you right. making that that way you can build it that's right or use it whenever it's right. now time for you now to once you design. have
2: an ira there's no limit as to what the ira can earn
3: okay yet well, I, uh, yeah, well, yeah, a can always change, yeah. that's right. Yeah, That's right. Um, is there, and, and, and you're not giving any legal advice, let's, let's be clear not. about that. But is there um, any limit on how many deals you do no. in your, is there any chance of your IRA being deemed a business?
2: Well, you have to be very careful that you don't participate in prohibited transactions.
3: Absolutely.
2: Okay, so you need to understand what the rules are on investing Roth IRA money. And as long as you follow the rules, you'll be just fine. Oh, okay. well, and all profits have to go back to the IRA. Yeah. Oh, that's right. So you can't, all dip, your, dip. You yeah, can't dip your hand that's in That's the hard part <laughs> for young people. Yeah. They're going, oh, man, I just made a ton of money. I can't touch it until I'm 59 and a half. Yeah.
3: Believe me, folks, it happens way too fast. Yeah. <laughs> well, and you you got to plan ahead. I mean, if you're doing a number of deals that you know you, you leave certain amount out of your right, IRA and right. you put certain amount in your IRA, right. that way it works out. So yeah, you, you do have if, some money coming. You, in. If you
2: really want to uh, retire comfortably, you have to be aggressive about investing for retirement. If you're going to depend on Social Security or the lottery to, for retirement, you're in trouble. <laughs> Absolutely.
3: I thought everyone wins the lottery and that just happens that so, way.
1: So, question on that, to accelerate the growth in your IRA um, using you know real estate as an investment, uh, how do you do that? What's an example of that?
2: Well, the one I just gave is a good example. A uh, lease option okay. instead of a purchase. But you can do a purchase. You just have to pay a tax on it when you sell it. So, if you're more comfortable with the purchase type arrangement, then you can do that. You can buy trustee notes. That's a good medium for IRAs. So I do. I have investors who have Roth IRAs and they love just having passive income from buying a trustee note or part of the cash flow in some other type of instrument. And they love the 8% return. Right. And that's an excellent return
3: for them. Okay. Well, and one of the, the, at least in my opinion, and is if you're using an IRA and you're you're a wholesaler, um, you know, it, you could build that IRA to, hey, rather than just investing $6,000 and waiting the next 10 years before you have 60,000 in there, that, hey, you put in your one contribution and now you're able to to leverage that into you know something with ten, fifteen, thirty thousand dollars. Right. And now you can look at doing you know options, that's exactly or right, or lease options, or creative financing, or you know even you know if you can get up to a hundred, hundred and fifty, you might even be able to do a rehab where you know the cash all comes, maybe not the rehab money, which if I'm correct, you can still split. Right. That the the IRA could buy the property but you could fund the rehab when the property sells you can be reimbursed the rehab the rest of the profits can I'd be careful that? about saying you can do that okay okay all right. Um and absolutely no matter you what can't you can't pay do. yourself for any of the work that's true so there's right? lots yeah. of
2: things that are prohibited you need to know those rules really really well
3: and what you need to do is get with uh, a very qualified Hopefully a real estate based self directed IRA manager. Yeah, right. manager. That's right. That's right. <clears throat> yep. Cool. All right. So a few more questions, and we're going to wrap this up. Um, what do you think? And we asked our last guest this too. That what are some key maybe clauses that you want to add to your contracts or your um, your docs? You know, uh, where. It's protecting you in terms of disagreements. Um. Well, the first thing, if you're going to buy as an
2: investor something on seller financing, you're using somebody else's mortgage. You want to have visibility yep. into that mortgage. Yep. Okay. But again, that's, that's my philosophy of bringing them into the, I call it a partnership. It's not a partnership, a legally partnership. It's just that they're still in the, the mix. In The middle. Yep. So that they have an interest in making sure their mortgage is being paid. But there's so many things that can happen to a mortgage yep. over the life of your contract. If you don't have that seller tuned in, you can get into real trouble. The yep. mortgage could get sold. You want to know when the payment goes up because of taxes and insurance. You just want to be tied in. Yep. And so that's something I always have in my uh, Repsy that I have some sort of visibility. And for me, I actually want to have maybe a login and password over to that mortgage so I can see what's happening with the mortgage. And you also always want to have a third party escrow company. Okay. So that's the other thing I put in there. Third party escrow company is where I make my payments to. Okay. They make the underlying mortgage payment and then
3: the difference goes to the seller. And they. I believe they will send you all documentation right. that it's been taken care right. of.
2: and they do all the taxes, too. Why
3: wouldn't you want to just make your payment directly to the seller?
2: Because there's too many things <laughs> that
3: sellers are tempted by. <laughs> you know,
2: they've got the house sold, they get a payment, and their transmission's on the blink. I'll, I'll, I'll make I'll, up that payment I'll later. I'll catch up. I'll catch up, and yeah. they don't. And so you definitely want to make sure a third-party escrow Any time there's an fault.
3: underlying Absolutely. loan, Absolutely. I totally agree with you. Um, anything? Uh, any other clauses that you want to be sure... Well, the
2: next thing you want to do is handle the escrow account okay. for taxes and insurance. All mortgages have an escrow account. Well, there's a few exceptions, but 90% of the time, the property taxes and the insurance are paid by the underlying mortgage company from the borrower's escrow account. Right. So you need to understand that that's their money. It's a bank account in their name. And the mortgage company does not have authorization to use that money any way they want to. So if they're going to pay an insurance policy out of those funds their borrower has to be on the insurance policy. If they're going to pay for the taxes they want to see their borrower be paid on the taxes. So there's some issues that you want to be careful about when you're setting up a, a seller financing contract so that if you're going to use escrow funds to pay tax insurance, you structure it properly.
3: Do you, do you have any concerns when you're doing these types of uh, owner financing strategies about the due on sale clause and having loans called due? You need to be totally aware that it's there. Okay. Okay. So the due on
2: sale clause is on every single mortgage. If you're buying the house on a contract for deed, title stays with the seller. So as far as the mortgage company is concerned, that's no different than a lease option. Right. Everybody has 100% right to lease their property. The mortgage company can't say a darn thing about it. The due on sale clause is not invoked if you are leasing your property. So if I buy something on a contract for deed, as far as the mortgage company is concerned, that looks exactly like a lease option. So you have n- virtually no... Possibility it would be of a extremely, difficult extremely difficult for them to yes. figure it out.
3: That's right. Yeah.
2: Or even, even if they did know
3: it. You would certainly have a strong They argument. would say,
2: well, our borrower's still on title. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. If I buy something on an all-inclusive trust deed where title is actually transferred, that's the more likely scenario that a bank or a mortgage company would call the loan due and payable. Very unlikely, though, because in order to call the loan due and payable, they have to foreclose Yes. and that's not very likely that they're going to take a performing mortgage and send it over to the foreclosure department. That's painful for a bank. Not only do they have to foreclose, they have to stop accepting payments. So am I afraid of the do on sale clause? Absolutely not. No, I'm not. I bought a lot of houses where I get title and so I they make the payments to, directly to the mortgage company. And they
3: have to stop accepting They payments. have to
2: because it's a foreclosure process.
3: That's interesting. If, that's they,
2: if they accept yep. a single payment, they have to start yep, all over right. again in the foreclosure process. That's the biggest benefit <coughs> to the buyer in a seller financing arrangement. If they're fearful of the due on sale is the power of the fact that in order to exercise the due on sale, the mortgage company has to go through a foreclosure process. That's painful for them to do.
3: Well, it's funny you would think while <laughs> receiving payments, that. they would just assume continue to receive payments rather than That's why they're in the mortgage <laughs> business. Yeah, you would think. To accept payments. Yep. Yeah,
1: great point, that's, yep. that's awesome.
3: Um, all right, so one last topic and then I want you to tell us a little bit about the classes that you offer. Okay. Um, but I want to get back to the notes, selling notes, buying notes. Um, so and let, let me make this clear and you tell me if this is correct. So any time that you go and do any kind of creative financing, you create a new note. That's right. And that note now has some value to it. And there's a whole way of figuring it out. And you know, there are note buyers all across the country That's right. that potentially will say, Hey, you just created a note for a hundred grand. I will pay you ninety-two thousand dollars for that hundred thousand dollar note. Correct? That's right. And based on how you structure it, is how they determine what they can pay right. for that particular. It's all note.
2: about calculating the rate of return that they're going to get. Right.
3: So, tell me a little bit about: Do you do you sell notes? Do you buy notes? Do you are you doing them locally, nationally? What, what, what do, do you do? I don't do anything national. Okay. I'm
2: 100% local. Okay. <clears throat> The, the, there are all sorts of organizations that will buy notes. Yeah. Nobody that I know of buys
3: contract for deeds. Okay.
2: That's a unique market that I am involved in. Okay. And the reason
3: that they probably they don't, don't know about them. Yeah. And, and they title don't know how to deal a, with them. Yeah.
2: Uh, with with a trustee note, it's very, very straightforward. You have a trustee that's recorded against a property. So I want to buy that cash flow. So I do an assignment of the trust deed. And now the cash flow comes to me. It's exactly the same method that a mortgage company sells their mortgage. They do an assignment of the mortgage to a different mortgage company. Now the cash flow goes to them. Well, whenever you create any kind of cash flow, it's sellable. You don't have to sell the whole thing either. So just last week, I had someone who bought a house, I'm, so sold a house on a contract for deed to their buyer. Their buyer put $50,000 down. She had $161,000 remaining equity. Now she wants to buy a house. She's going, man, I wish I could get a part of that equity to, as a down payment for my new home. She came to me. Bam. I arranged to buy <laughs> $80,000 of her equity to give for her so she's got $80,000 to put down on her new home so she doesn't have mortgage insurance and she gets a conventional loan. I'm the only one that I know of that can do that.
3: Yeah. And what kind of return are you getting on that $80,000 now?
2: Well, and that's it. I mean, her contract for deed had a balloon coming up in a year and a half. So I don't have to do a long-term contract. So I have a year and a half. So I discounted it forty five hundred bucks. So I charged her forty five hundred dollars to do it okay. and then I'm earning an eight percent on the money.
3: Okay. And so it's it, not outrageous. And, and, and it's if, not outrageous. And if they didn't perform, what happens?
2: Well, in that case we would foreclose on, on the contract for deed, which is a forfeiture process. Right. It only takes thirty days. Yep. And I'm comfortable with that contract, because the buyer put 50000 down. Yep. And I have an 18-month track record of them making their payments yep. every month.
3: That's hard to lose.
2: I, I would, I, to be honest with you, I would love for them to default. Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
3: it, it would certainly and work I've out And I've had that, you. where
2: people default. And I said, well, okay. We'll take the house back, and we'll take the increase in its equity, and we'll turn around and sell. It. Now, with the buyer's point of view, they always have the right
3: to sell the property,
2: so they don't have to just let it go. Right. They or can sell the property. Right. Yeah. Right. Yep. Right.
3: yep. Um, okay. Nice. So, are, do you? So, you're buying notes. Yes. Do you sell any notes? Yes. And yeah, we actually, back to that one situation that we had before, where you were. Selling an income stream, right. whether you created a note, however you did that, um, is that the kind of note buying and note selling? Generally, that that's you're doing? what I'm doing. Yes, yeah. yes. Okay. I'm not doing trust deeds where
2: I go out and actively uh, solicit people who have okay. trust deeds to sell. Most of the stuff that I do, people come to me.
3: So it's either stuff that you've created yourself, or Typically, people that are doing exactly that's, that's what That's one of doing. the
2: reason I teach the classes.
3: Yeah. I teach classes at a phenomenally cheap rate. Uh, yes, you do. And
2: the reason why is because I then have a network of people who are doing seller financing who bring me deals. Yeah. And that's how I <laughs> yep. make my money. Nice. I don't make
3: a lot of money by teaching the classes. I make money by the network of people I create. Absolutely. <laughs> well, let's talk about that. So, you've been teaching classes for how long? Oh, it's been six years now. Okay. And um, what, what are the topics? How often well, do you do it? Uh,
2: and, and It's more on a demand basis. Okay. So it's not something that I make a lot of money doing, and so it's not like a big part of my uh,
3: You business. like it, though.
2: I like it. I like <laughs> teaching classes. That's true. <laughs> That's true. I do like teaching. Yeah. Okay. But, you know, I'll have... I have a three... Um, classes for seller financing. Okay. Three courses? Three yeah, so three different classes, they're 3 hours each. So there's 9 hours of seller financing instruction. Where we get into a lot of the details because there's a lot of details there are. that you have to pay attention yeah. to. How do the how do the utilities? How to handle utilities? How do the cities look at it? Yep. You know, what about the due on sell clause? What about this and that and the other? What could possibly go wrong? Yep. And we go into all of that, okay?
3: And I just so you know, I wanted to talk about all that, but we, we would have been here for another yeah, we, hour and a half. It's a 12-hour yeah. class. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and then I teach a class on my philosophy in real estate investing. Good. Okay. So there's four classes we teach. I teach those classes on Wednesday nights from 6 o'clock to 9 o'clock.
3: Okay.
2: The next series starts September 12th.
3: Right? Yep. And what do you charge for these classes? I
2: charge $100 a class.
3: $100 for three hours? That's right. Wow. Okay. And are there any prerequisites? I mean, what, what if I know nothing? Can then, I, you,
2: then you come anyway. You should come. Uh, yeah, and I have, I have realtors that come. I have investors that come. Okay. I have people who realtors have found who are interested in selling their homes on seller financing, and they come. Because they're a potential seller yeah. on seller financing. Yep,
3: yeah. that's interesting.
2: So, we have all sorts of folks that want to actually come to the classes and learn more about this. Do you advertise for I it don't. anywhere? I don't. Okay. I don't. Assume. And I keep the classes really small. So, my classes are about 20 to 25 people. Okay. So, it's a very um, small group, so they can get a lot more in the way of individual attention on questions and learning about the topics. Okay. So it's not an auditorium of people.
3: Yeah. What, um, how do they contact you? How do they find out more about it? How do they sign up? If okay.
1: And if they're interested in using you as an agent? Or well,
3: broker, and that's, I mean,
2: um, yeah, if they're interested in using yeah. me as an agent, then they can call me. Okay. Absolutely. Do you want to give out your phone number? It's 801-259-0797. One more time. 801 259 97. Okay. They can text me if they're interested in the classes and give me their email address and I'll send them information about it. Okay. okay? Now one thing I don't want people to do is call me with questions. <laughs> I don't take questions. Right. I do seller financing consulting and I, my rate for that is $200 an hour. So if somebody's interested in picking my brain, they can call for an appointment. <laughs> okay. Now, could
3: this be someone just not only local, but national? Sure. Okay, so sure. That, that's something. I can something. take a credit card over the phone. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> okay, so I just wanted to, because most people aren't coming to your class unless they're local. That's right. That's but right. they can tap into you. If they're in South Dakota or where Sure, they can.
2: Now awesome. I'm not going to be familiar with South Dakota laws, <laughs> right? So don't expect me to be but a national yeah, but, expert on seller financing. But I'm the not.
3: the creative financing techniques they're are basically the same. They're universal. They yeah. are. Yeah. yeah. Totally universal.
1: Awesome. Are you? Would you ever be interested in uh, canning and cloning those courses uh, so you can, you know, preserve I, I would module. be happy to look
2: into that. Again, that's not a mainstream of my business. I'm right. making plenty of money doing other things with my time. Doing deals, absolutely. Okay, yeah. And I'm just,
1: I'm just wondering because, so we're we reach you know a national audience, okay, uh, even worldwide, even. Um, so, with that said, it would be nice uh, to create something like that for for our audience who you know can't come here to to attend one of your classes. Okay,
3: no? yeah, we'd be happy to talk to you about that. Yep. <clears throat> anything else that maybe we've left out we should have asked you you always have a question yeah is there well, a question
1: what's... that we should have asked you that we did not
3: well we've covered a lot of things <laughs> so I, there's
1: a
2: lot of questions you could have asked me uh, but frankly work. this is a huge topic and yeah, the more so people can learn about it the better for me I've got a real estate career of 38 years and these techniques have come in handy throughout my career, yeah, time, not just in good markets or bad again. markets, it, there's just so many different situations that down. come up that all of a sudden you say, you know what, that's a good one for seller financing. I'm going to pull those tools out of my toolbox and make a deal happen. Yeah, And yeah. so it's a, it's an exciting thing to be involved in Yeah, because you can customize it this, so
1: much. That's why we do this podcast that's right. is to and give those tools to and people. And there's
2: so much misinformation out there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. People are saying, oh, that's illegal. It is not illegal. <laughs>
3: right yeah Yeah. now and I one of the things that one of the reasons why I like doing this is that I'm more about the integrity of the business I I don't there's certainly people that can go out there and deceive people and take advantage but that's not what I'm about that's not what hopefully my guests are about that's not what I want to be taught all across the country. It's about you can really get what you want and be straightforward. Well, and it's got to be
2: a win-win for everybody involved. It does. And so if you do the things correctly, legally, and you're paying attention to everybody's interest, then it can be very successful. Absolutely. The thing I hate is when people take advantage of other people. They do a, a warranty deed subject to the underlying mortgage. And the seller, the borrower, the person whose mortgage it is, totally loses control. No recourse. No recourse. I hate those kind of things. Yeah. Right. So it's very important to me, and I teach this in my classes, that all parties involved are protected. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah.
3: Actually, when we talked to Jacks about that a few couple of weeks ago, uh, we talked about the same thing that you know some of the courts may be cracking down on something like that because. It looks like you may have taken advantage of it. That's them. right. That's so, right. Uh, we're, we're on the same page. That's how we like to conduct business. And you know, I know enough about you, Dave, that uh, you've been around a while that you wouldn't have the reputation that you have if you weren't um, a man of integrity. Well, thank so, you. Thank yeah. you.
2: It's been fun being here. Uh, it's it's, <laughs> it's uh, been so absolute great listening. opportunity for <laughs> us. So, we
3: appreciate having you. Any last words, Jonathan? Jeff's going to write your consulting check for this. Okay. (laughs) I'm going to come to your class. You know, if
2: somebody wants to come, I'm coming with you then. I do up to four people per session. So if they want to come as a group, I've had realtor companies, real estate companies, hire me to do the class. So there's different ways that you can use my services, and I'm happy to do that. And so if there's a specific need, just call me and we'll be happy to work something out.
3: Perfect.
1: Well, thanks so much, Dave. We really appreciate you being here. We do. Um, Guys, I hope you've gained a lot from this. I know we went over so much information. Uh, I'm going to have to re-listen to this. Uh, We will be breaking this up into maybe a two or three-part series because we really try to keep these podcasts about 35, 40 minutes at at max. So. Guys, please rate and review our show on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts. We're also on Spotify. Um, we we need your feedback to continue to bring um, you know really good guests like this because some people you know they they won't even respond back to us if you know they haven't even heard of our show or you know they don't recognize anyone that's been on before. So anyway, we need that to continue to bring you guys value. Um, you can reach us at www.thecreativefinancingpodcast.com. Uh, leave a comment there, or if you have any questions, please leave them there as well. Um, any last words, Jeff?
3: A uh, super, super exciting uh, hour and a half-ish of pure information. Uh, if you don't Gold. reach out to to Dave... Um, yeah, uh, you're you're missing out on an opportunity. Yeah,
1: and if you guys are here, local in Utah, please take advantage of these classes. I mean, that's so cheap for a three-hour class. Yeah. Um, there's there's just so much value, like what you've talking about here. Like I've seen, like you just have such a, you know, you can take that broad view, and you just have such a an in-depth knowledge on this topic that it, it blew my mind even before we started the podcast. Well, you know, and one <laughs> of
3: the things I like about Dave is that when when he starts to teach, he has a passion about teaching. Yeah, you teaching. i see so, yeah, seen that right uh, from the it, get Yeah, go. it comes out very yeah. quickly. And, so. and
1: using creative financing. Yes. Cool. All right, guys, till next time, create some terms.